Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We're your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. What's going on, weirdos? It's your boy, Andrew. And Stephanie. And welcome to the History for Weirdos podcast episode numero 10. Yay! Number 10. Yeah, si numero 10. I didn't realize that, actually. Yeah, number 10, and we're in the midst of coronavirus. (laughs) Um, It's a momentous day. Actually, you know what's really funny is that Andrew and I, you know, we didn't get our, our stuff together enough to make episode number 10 special. We wanted to do, like, a special episode with 10 and have a guest or something like that, which we will eventually bring to you all. But um, the quarantine kind of prevented that from happening. So yeah, actually, I knew in advance there was yeah. gonna be a quarantine. So so it's a special episode because we're quarantined in our house versus every other weekend when we're just willingly sitting in our house <laughs> avoiding everyone else. Exactly. I know. But in all seriousness, we hope everyone is staying safe, and um, we hope that this podcast episode can bring a little, like, distraction and relief while everyone is sitting at home and practicing social distancing and washing our hands until they bleed, all that fun stuff. Exactly. And hopefully you guys have enough toilet paper, hoarders, and if you're a hoarder listening to this, shame on you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Hopefully you have enough toilet paper to wipe your bottom with. Yes. That is our our, That's my, our blessing for you today. Absolutely. That's my deepest hope for you all. May you have enough toilet paper to wipe your bottom. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it'll be like 200 years from now. It'll be like an old American saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably. Oh, may, may. I was going to do like an Irish accent, but like, that doesn't make any sense. No, nope, not really. No. But I get where you're going with that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, babe, for this week's episode, it's me. It is you. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. Well, I have a... I'm glad, because I didn't have anything prepared. (laughs) That's awesome. It worked out. So I have a story this week that is on theme, because it also involves a a disease and a form of social distancing and quarantining. Ooh, very relevant. Very, very relevant. And I actually was inspired... I was going to do something totally different. Um, but I was inspired to do this week's episode because our our like mutual friend um, Marcus posted on Facebook something about this. So shout out to Marcus Johnson. I don't even know if you listen to this podcast, so I'm going to send it to you directly so you can hear your name in the shout out. Please listen. <laughs> Please uh, rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> yes, but for real, do that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so it was Marcus's post. I saw it and I was like, no way, this is weird weirdo history stuff and it's totally relevant to what we're going through now and i know 
lots of folks are feeling kind of anxious about it, myself included. I've definitely gotten a little worried. Mm-hmm. And I think the fun part about looking at this story is that it's a reminder that this will pass. Absolutely. You know, like God willing, this is we're actually living in some weird history right now. I know that's that's nuts. Yeah. We did, I did not ever imagine for a second that when we were like you know, theorizing this podcast and yeah. then we were actually recording episodes mm-hmm. that like we would actually be in the middle of something weird. Yeah. Our own history for weirdos, live action. Live action. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, uh, Stella also just walked up. So if you hear like little Darth Vader panting, that's not me. That's Stella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this week I'm going to be covering the Great Plague of London and Isaac Newton's quarantine. Oh my goodness. Okay, so this was like what, late 17th century? So late 1600s? Mm hmm. Yeah. Damn, I'm good. You're pretty good. That's oh, pretty close. what's up, fam? Oh. Yes. Sorry. So okay. let me start off by giving you a little background on the Great Plague of London. Cool. So the last, the Great Plague of London is actually called that, not because it was like so widespread. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it was the last major epidemic of bubonic plague in England. Oh, wow. Yeah, and this epidemic lasted from 1665 to 1666. Oh, hell's in. I mean, what? What? So, the plague in general Mm -hmm. was endemic, which means, like, it keeps happening in a specific place, like, in a specific area. That's what endemic means, you guys. Ooh, actually, I did not know that, so thank you. Yeah, so, like, pandemic, it's, like... Everywhere. An endemic, ah. it's only in, like, one place. Ah. Or in, like, isolated places. Interesting. So the plague was endemic to 17th century London specifically. Um, so these types of outbreaks of plague were, unfortunately, very common at the time. Okay. And if you are interested in learning more about plague, there's actually a really, really good episode of um, This Podcast Will Kill You. Mm. The one that I've showed you. Yes. Um, and these two women, they they study, like... Disease stuff. They're like pathologists or something, or one of them is. Something like that. Or they both have a career in this and they do a really interesting, like, whole backstory on the plague. Cool. So I will not do that. Um, (laughs) So the Great Plague killed an estimated 100,000 people, which was almost a quarter of London's population in the span of 18 months. Oh my God, Jesus. Okay, so and this wasn't the worst bout of plague. This was just the last bout of plague. Yeah, no, because like the first bout was like the great bubonic plague was like all of Europe, right? Mm-hmm, I think so. And that was probably a different strain. It's so bubon. So the plague is like the umbrella term, mm-hmm. and bubonic plague is one of three types of plague. Oh, okay. And bubonic plague is mainly spread through infected fleas on small animals like rats. Um, but people at the time actually had no idea what was causing plague. Right, because germ theory wouldn't be around for hundreds of years. Yeah, it would be another 200 years ah! before scientists identified the bacterial cause of plague. Wow. Mm-hmm. So in the, like, giving a little backstory to this plague of, this great plague mm-hmm. um, of London, here are some of the reactions. So. Okay. Smartly enough, like actually like a good move that they did in London was that ships were quarantined. Any ships coming into the port weren't allowed to like, no one was allowed to come on or off the ships during this time for different periods of time. Like they kept stretching it out like 30 days, 60 days, whatever. Interesting. Which okay. sucks for the people on the boat. That blows. Yeah. I know. And it's really interesting that they didn't really know what spread it, but they knew like we should separate people. Yeah, that is interesting. It was, it was like That's a good... A- 
intuitive huh. thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. But this preventative measure unfortunately did not help because London was littered with rodents. Mm. At the time, of course, you know, that was really common for cities back then. It's even common in cities now. So people were still getting bit by the the fleas of rodents that were infected with right. plague. So as the plague raged on, the very first people to leave were the rich and the high bone. Oh, of course. And then poor folks had to obtain a certificate of good health signed by the Lord Mayor and to get out of the city. Oh, my God. If they wanted to go, like, get away from this, live in the country, go stay with family somewhere else, they needed to get a certificate. And, of course, you can imagine they were extremely difficult to get. I can imagine, yes. Businesses started closing, which is similar to kind of what's happening now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And it was recorded that only a very small number of physicians, clergy, and apothecaries stayed behind to take care of the sick and the dying. Because as you can imagine, a lot of those people probably had a little bit of money or some sort of influence at least. Like the clergy probably had influence and they just left as soon as they could. Jeez. And it was only the really good hearted people that were like, I'm going to stay behind and, and try to help. Sorry, our dog keeps making noises, and Andrew and I are just looking at each other like... Like, what is this idiot doing? (laughs) (laughs) She's, like, so quiet all the time. Like, she's usually just asleep, but only when we record record, is she interested in making sounds. Thanks. And now she's just sitting here actually being a good girl. Yeah. Yeah, such a good girl. Good girl, Stella. So, let's get back back to to our boy, Isaac. Isaac. Isaac Newton. At this time, Sir Isaac Newton was not yet a sir, but he was actually about 22 or 23 years old. A young guy. And he was a college student at Trinity College in Cambridge. Oh, quiet. And again, really interesting that they did this, and similar to what's going on now, during the outbreak of 65 to 66, Cambridge sent students home, like, to keep students, you know, so they weren't living in close quarters. Right. So they must have had some idea... Like how, how this worked. Yeah. yeah. But just nothing accurate. But yeah. they just got that like close contact. It's like they were so wrong that they like somehow arrived to the right answer. <laughs> yeah, they stumbled on like, yeah. wait, we should quarantine people. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't understand how you guys got to that point, but good job that you're there, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So, and it, it's like exactly what's happening now with so many college students being sent home. Right. Asking to leave dorms. Um, I'm an online student, for those of you that don't know. I'm getting my master's degree online from Columbia, and I keep getting these emails from Columbia really urging students that are able to leave the dorms to leave because, unfortunately, not everyone has a a home to go back to or means to get home. But they're like, if you can, it is your duty to leave so we can take care of the people that are staying, which is so interesting. So for Isaac Newton, this meant that he was was able to go back home. Oh, good. Um... And let me give you a little bit of backstory on our boy Isaac Newton. Ooh, please. Because I feel like this is just a name that I know. Like, of course, Isaac Newton, science, whatever. But I actually didn't know a whole lot about him personally Mm -hmm. um, until I had to do research for this episode. Did you know a lot about him? I knew that he invented calculus. Okay. That's about it. That's about it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the apple falling on his head, of mm-hmm. course. I will touch on both of those things ooh, during ooh, nice, this episode. Nice, nice. So very good foreshadowing, babe. So Sir Isaac Newton was born on De- maybe on December twenty fifth, 
1642, or January 4th, 1643. Wait, what? That's so random. Okay, so this was really confusing, and I bet this could kind of be its own weird history deep dive if it's interesting, because I was like, what? Internet? Explain yourself. So apparently this discrepancy is because of an old style versus a new style of calendaring. Oh, the Julian calendar versus the Gregorian calendar. Wow. That was amazing. Yes. Very attractive. Tell me more. <laughs> well, the Julian calendar was started. Ironically, we're recording on the Ides of March. Oh, yeah. Julius Caesar mm-hmm. murdered today, 2064 years ago. Yeah, I'm so happy for you that you got to plug that I into know, the I'm podcast. So, I, I've, been like, I've been like, oh, Ides of March, like rip you, Julius Caesar. You guys, you have no idea. <laughs> He's mentioned it. All day, like, as we woke up, he's like, babe, today's the Ides of March. (laughs) (laughs) Julius Caesar died 2,000 years ago. Was assassinated brutally by one of his closest confidants. Mm -hmm. And he was just on the phone with his grandma, because it was her birthday yesterday, and he's like, grandma, did you know that today is the Ides of March? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, I did know that. (laughs) I was like, yep, I'm your grandson. And I was like, wow, the family resemblance is very clear. Yes. So you got to plug that in. Yeah, so the Julian calendar, Julius Caesar. Is and then that they... it? So it said, because it said that it refers to two calendar changes in Great Britain and its colonies. Those are the calendar changes we made? I'm assuming so, yeah. And then there, today we, we, we observe the Gregorian calendar, which I actually I don't know the backstory of, when ironically. Did, do you know when we switched? I don't know. Okay, we should look into that. Yeah. So, I don't know, he was born in winter. <laughs> <laughs> 1642, 1643. Yeah. His birthplace... Is the most, like, British-sounding place ever. What is it? Are you ready? Wolfthrope by Castlewath, Lincolnshire, England. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to say it again, because I don't think I said that right. Wolfthrope by Castlewath, Lincolnshire, England. <laughs> I love, the, like, the English accent that you have to put in there. I have to try to sound like the queen. Yes. Just a little oh, bit. Oh, yes. And I, lo- I was like, where the hell is this place? <laughs> yeah. And it's just referred to as a small English hamlet, which just made it sound more British. I said, what, what the hell? What Why can't the- you just say it's a town? It's a town. It's a little Come town. Come on. It's a little town with a weird name. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where Isaac Newton was born. And for those of you that may not know, he was known to be a mathematician, a physicist, an astronomer, a theologian, and an author. God, I am so, like, disappointed in myself. (laughs) I got tired just reading that list. (laughs) Say, okay, overachiever, we get it. You're awesome. He was a key figure in the scientific revolution. Of course. No big deal. No biggie. And he was homies with people like Voltaire and John Locke. Okay, so his even his friends are super duper famous. Yeah, our friends are important. definitely not as cool as Voltaire and John yeah. Locke. Sorry, friends, we love you to death. Our friends, but that are... like, I mean, unless you guys like start like <laughs> you know releasing books that are getting read by millions of people, like I mean, you know. But also, thank you for listening to but this thank podcast, you. and we love you, and we love you. So, Art. <laughs> <laughs> from twelve years old to about seventeen years old, Newton was educated at the King's School in Gratham. Um, which taught Latin, Greek, and likely some mathematics. Ditto, ditto. I learned the same. And he was removed from school and was sent home to Wolfthrop by Kosselwolf in October of 1659. And okay. it looks like he was sent home because his mom was widowed for the second time. And Aww. she was like, I'm a widow. My 17-year-old son needs to come home and 
become a farmer full-time, and he was so sad. Like, he hated the idea of being a farmer. And lucky for him, like, shout out to, like, badass teachers. His teacher, uh, Henry Stokes, came and convinced his mom that this young man is really smart and he should be educated. Oh, dude, I'm so stoked on Stokes right now. (laughs) That was really good. (laughs) Thank you. Could you, like... That's what teachers do. They always go above and beyond. They do. And they see the brightness Mm. and the possibility in people that no one else sees. So I just think that's amazing. Because can you imagine if this man had not gone and if Isaac Newton, not that there's anything wrong with being a farmer, but he was clearly destined to be a mathematician. Yeah. If he had never pursued that. Like where the world would be. Yeah, exactly. The world. I mean, literally, I mean, like, literally, I mean, we used his calculations to put people on the moon. I know. To launch people into space. And that's something neither, you know, he nor his mother could have fathomed at the time. No. But he did that. Like 300 years later. And he wouldn't have done that without a really good teacher. Yeah, so shout out to teachers, man. Shout out Even to teachers. Even if they get paid double what they're getting paid, it probably isn't enough, Definitely to be not enough, because they, yeah, they're like, they do everything. Not only, like, are they super important, they have to put up with, like, kids all day i know i can't imagine i literally couldn't <laughs> i mean i know you were a good student i was a great student i was a model student you're welcome to all my teachers not me fam. <laughs> no. not me so uh, i'm sorry to all my teachers <laughs> yeah. thank you for uh putting being up you, you. Yeah. yeah i actually was very lucky though even though i wasn't the most um in- studious engaged, engaged studious awake present student <laughs> I had really good teachers that really pushed me to believe in myself. So yeah, thank you to just to name a couple. I know they're not listening, but Karen McNally and Tatiana Simnani, love them. Moving on. <laughs> so Isaac Newton is presently known for so many things, including to name a few: Newtonian mechanics, mm-hmm. Newton's laws of motion, binomial series. That big-ass wig he wore. (laughs) (laughs) Newton's law of universal gravitation and calculus. No big deal. Um, So, let's check back in with a young 20-something Isaac Newton who's practicing his social distancing during the bubonic plague. Nice. So, during this year, away from school and away from his professors, it's reported that Newton truly thrived... And this year of his life is actually referred to his, can you read that? His <laughs> anus mirabilis. Because I just kept wanting to read anus. anus. Yeah. <laughs> we anus. are 12 years old. I know we are. But it's anus mirabilis, right? Yeah. Which means the year of wonders in Latin. Oh, wow. So out of all the amazing stuff he did in his life, this year is known as his year of wonders. Wow. Oh, this is the named at the Year of Wonders because of him. His Year of Wonders, like his oh, personal Year of Wonders. Gotcha. So he continued to work on mathematical equations he started while at Cambridge, and this work became the foundations of calculus. Dude, what a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> at 22 or 23, we, I don't know how old he was, but... So he's like Goodwill hunting, basically. Mm-hmm. But like hundreds of years ago. Exactly. He also began to work during this time, because... Freaking inventing calculus wasn't enough. Of course. He also began to work with prisms and conducted experiments which involved bending white light 
through a prism. And why this is so important is that it demonstrated that all colors already exist within light with different color corpuluses fanning out and traveling with different speeds through the prism. So essentially like how we learn about color now that Mm -hmm. like different rays move at different frequencies. That's why we see colors differently. He just like figured that out in his bedroom after he invented calculus. That's pretty cool. That's pretty dope, you know? What a wonderful (laughs) weirdo he was. He's such a weirdo. No, this is like, I, you know, I I thought I knew like a decent amount. Well, actually, no, that's not true. But like, I thought, I just knew Isaac Newton, you know, he's like. You don't really think about Larger than life, right? Yeah, larger than life. He's like almost like a god when it comes to like science and math. But like, I mean, he was a weirdo. Do who do who like collects little prisms and like hoards them in their especially room? Especially in their like early twenties. Yeah, and apparently he like I think I read in one of the things I was researching that he like boarded up his window and then like drilled little holes and like stuck the prisms, the like clear prisms in there. Oh, so he was like a genius, but like he was insane. Like not insane, but like he was like eccentric. Yes, definitely. I would agree. Um and then on top of that, right outside his home where Newton is, like, having this really insanely productive quarantine time. Yeah. Oh, that's this, right. I forgot this is all during quarantine this time. This is during just a year, one year of being quarantined from Cambridge. Like, don't come here. Everyone's getting sick. We don't know why. Go home. And he's like, I'm going to invent calculus and figure out, like, colors and light and stuff. Oh, my God, man. I'm sure he said it a little smarter than that. but Only slightly. Only slightly. So right outside his room where he's doing all this cool stuff, there's an apple tree. I think we all know where this, is, where this is heading. It's a pretty famous apple tree. So legend has it that young Isaac Newton was... Whoops, sorry about that alarm. <laughs> young... Oh, no. There's another one. It's me getting excited for spring break. Those are my Google reminders. That's so embarrassing. I know, and now it's like the least spring breaky spring break ever. Good job. Um, You can edit that out. So, legend has it that young Isaac Newton was sitting under an apple tree when he was bonked on the head by a falling piece of fruit. A a 17th century, excuse me, 17th century aha moment that prompted him to suddenly come up with the law of gravity. That's not entirely true. The way the story goes. Okay. So, the first written account of Newton's apple tree experience appears in notes on Newton's life that his assistant later wrote. The Mm. assistant's name was John Conduit. Um, And he wrote this down about Newton in 1726. So I'll read the quote. Whilst he was musing in a garden, it came into his thought that the same power of gravity, gravity, which made an apple fall from the tree to the ground, was not limited to a certain distance from the earth, but much extended farther than was usually thought. Why not as high as the moon, he said to himself. So that's like the more accurate account. Right. And he wasn't like hit on the head and then out of nowhere it was like gravity. Right. But he was sitting under an apple tree literally just thinking about the way matter interacts with each other and the way things move through the universe and the way we exist and was just like, oh, yeah, I think I know what this is. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's how he quarantined himself. And then he returns to Cambridge in 1667 with his new theories in hand. Within six months, 
They made him a fellow, and then within two years, a professor. So he's, like, in his mid-20s, and he's a professor. Yeah, because they're like, oh. It's like, oh, you're way smarter than all of us. They're so. like, you're smart, smart. Yeah, like, oh, you're real smart, lack. Yeah. So for all of us that are have been in our pajamas for days watching Netflix, <laughs> just think of Isaac Newton and what he was doing when he was in the same situation. And you'll feel real bad. And you'll feel real bad. <laughs> But it is kind of inspiring because it's a, it's a nice reminder that like, this sucks. This absolutely sucks, yeah. and it's a, it's a little scary and it's anxiety producing. But since we cannot change the current circumstance, like, what is your version of creating calculus? Yeah, and I don't think it's supposed to be as big no. as like creating calculus, but, but like just something. It could be something small. Like, do you want to start reading again? Like a lot of people don't always tell me because I love to read so much. Like, ah, uh, how do you read? This is a good way to find time and make it a habit. Or do you want to start writing or painting or do you want to organize, like, your room? You know, all the things that we always put off because we don't have enough time. Right. Now you have time. Now is a real, like, seize the opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's a crappy one, but we could still make something good out of this not-so-fun time. Exactly. I really Mm -hmm. like that message. Yeah. So Isaac Newton, a little inspiration. So let's see what happened later in life. This is just a very, very brief, like, summary mm-hmm. um, because it, it, there's more interesting stuff that comes up. So eventually, Newton moves to London, and he takes up a post as the warden of the Royal Mint in, s- in 1696. That's so random. So I, I guess maybe he's, like, the treasurer of, like, I was England, gonna, I, I was going to ask you, like, what does that mean? Yeah, I guess like he's, he's, like, like the, the treasurer. The treasurer of England. Okay. He was made president of the Royal Society. Don't know what that is. Super British. In 1703. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so British. Yeah, in 1703, and he was associate of the French Académie des Sciences, the French Science Academy. Sounds very French. Um, in April of 1705, Queen Anne knighted Newton during a royal visit to Trinity College, Cambridge. And it's also stated that during these latter years of his life, he was really into alchemy. That's interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. And he became more, and you used this word earlier, he became more, quote, eccentric. And even got into some feuds with fellow scientists and some of his close friends. Like, he kind of went off his rocker a teeny bit. It sounds like it, because alchemy is a debunked science. Well, is now. Yeah. But everyone was into alchemy back then. It's true. And so... This is how I understand alchemy, and I should have, like, Googled this before the episode, but it is, the goal of alchemy is to create gold, right? Like, more or less, yes, because, like, you would take, like, a, um, I don't know, like, if you look at the periodic table elements, I don't know what it is, but, like, if you take one periodic table or Mm -hmm. one, like, element that's, like, one to the right of gold, Mm -hmm. right? You would, in theory, take away, I think, either, like, a proton or an electron or a But they had no idea what those things were. Yeah. No, I think they, they, I think they understood it. I I don't know, but, like, they would take something that's really similar and try to change it, change, Mm -hmm. like, the actual, like, nuclear chemistry. Yeah. And then it would... the molecules. The molecules, Uh yeah. And then if you, you did that, then in theory... You would end up with gold. That's so interesting. Right? I remember the first time I heard of alchemy was like freshman year of high school when everyone reads Romeo and Juliet. Right, yeah. The priest that helps them, you know, fake their deaths or whatever and and marries Romeo and Juliet. Spoiler alert, they die. (laughs) Um, In case you didn't know. In case you didn't know. 
the priest is also an alchemist, and he is able, because he's an alchemist, he gives Juliet that concoction that she drinks that slows her heartbeat to the point where it seems like she's dead. Right, and but then she's not. Romeo throws like a hissy fit, and then he dies, and then she wakes up, and then she dies. Freaking teenagers, man. Freaking teenagers. So that was the first time I heard of alchemy, mm-hmm. and to me, it just sounds like witchcraft. It it kind of is, honestly, in a way. Okay, but like scientific witchcraft. Yeah, it's like scientific witchcraft. Okay, very interesting. So he got really into that. Mm. Um, Newton was never married. And he was never known to have any relationships, not with women, and there was no rumors of him having relationships with men. The French writer and philosopher Voltaire actually said this about Newton. He was never sensible to any passion, was not subject to the common frailties of mankind, nor had any commerce with women, a circumstance which was assured me by the physician and surgeon who attended him in his last moments." That's kind of weird to be like, yo, was my homie a virgin? Yeah. So that was the big rumor was that he, Newton, died a virgin. It sounds like maybe he was, there's talking about asexuality, but they didn't understand that at all back right. then. So they, he, he was just like the biggest nerd ever. Yeah. But that's not what asexuality <laughs> is. <laughs> asexuality, I don't think you, no, it's, it's required that you be nerdy. No, no, it's not. No, I was just joking. <laughs> But yeah, so he didn't, never had any sort of romantic partners. He just, I think as he got older, he lived with a niece and her husband, and then he took care of like a half niece. He just was like a, the uncle that was like a scientific genius. You know, everyone has one. Right. Absolutely. Newton died in his sleep in London on March 20th of 1727. Oh. And his body is buried in Westminster Abbey. Andrew and I saw it, actually. Yes. We went on a trip, and Westminster Abbey's, like, the dopest place ever. It's really cool, Because, yeah. like, literally everyone and their mom is buried there. Yeah, but only, like... The super cool historical people. Yeah. And I think when we went, was it Stephen Hawking had just passed away, and they were... Yeah. They were re- next to Isaac Newton. They were going to bury him. Yeah, which I, I bet he would have liked. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Quite an honor. Um, so remember that big-ass wig? Yes, the big-ass wig. The big-ass wig that he's known for. Sometime after his death, I couldn't figure out exactly when, they took that wig, like other scientists took it and examined it, and they found that it was full of mercury. Oh my god, he's poisoning himself. Which he was probably exposed to while he was experimenting with alchemy, and they believed that the mercury poisoning would explain why he was acting so erratic as he got older. Oh my god. Yeah. So it wasn't just, like, natural predisposition. It was, like, literally he was poisoning his own mind. Yeah. Isn't that so sad? That's, oh, it's like, that's a tragedy. That's, like, a Greek tragedy right there. I know. Like, his mind of all minds. Uh, his mind of all minds in the pursuit of knowledge. He was destroying it. Wow, that is irony, if I've ever heard it. You're right. This does sound like a Greek tragedy. It's It's really cool. But even with that, even with the unfortunate exposure to Mercury, he accomplished... More than most people ever will in a lifetime. Yeah, just in this, like in that like <laughs> even in period. that one year quarantine. So oh that God. is the wonderfully weird story of the Great Plague of London and Isaac Newton's time in quarantine. Wow, that's that is both like really cool and surprisingly relevant today. I know that's really interesting. So thank you again to Marcus for sharing. Oh, 
Oh my gosh, I'm oh. turning into you. I almost yes. forgot to cite my sources. Oh, oh, guess who but isn't I didn't. as cool as you thought she was. But I didn't, I didn't. Hold on. Okay. So, my sources include a Washington Post article titled, During a Pandemic, Isaac Newton Had to Work from Home Too, and He Used His Time Wisely. I'd say he did. Wikipedia. I don't know if you've heard of it. And then um, the University of York Department of Physics. Those are the places where I got my information. Oh, yes. University of York. Exactly. York. York. (laughs) Yes, York. So, um, yeah. I mean, we're in quarantine, and after we're recording this, we're probably just going to watch Frozen 2, which isn't as productive. That's debatable. (laughs) That's very debatable. We never saw it in theater, so we got to watch it now. Now's yeah. the time. You know, Disney Plus, man. Exactly. I'm not going to lie. That thing is... I mean, she likes it because of the like the Disney actual Disney movies, and I yeah. like it because of Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. So it's a win-win for everyone. I mean, yeah, like Clone Wars and Rebels. TV shows, great shows. Yeah, yeah but in all seriousness, um, as, a, as we were talking about, like making use of a crappy situation Mm -hmm. we really plan on like getting on top of our stuff during this quarantine and hopefully batch recording a a couple of really awesome episodes for you all yes absolutely i mean i my goal is to personally like this upcoming week to like write out like notes for like four different episodes exactly we're taking a page from isaac newton's book yes being productive we're gonna be productive during this quarantine and make the best of it and remember that we're living in history and this true this too shall pass yeah absolutely and that goes to all of you as well like Mm -hmm. we're living in history so just remember that take it in stride one day at a time exactly you know if whole foods is out of you know your favorite whatever oh my gosh everything uh, everything i know they were out of eggs today they were out of eggs so that was rough but anyways (laughs) take that in stride you know maybe you know what maybe we're not gonna have eggs we'll make a a a we'll protein smoothie instead. Yeah, or pancakes. Yeah, we have pancake mix, actually. We do, yes. We should protein definitely make some. Yeah, we should definitely make some. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's happening. Well, thank you, weirdos, so much for listening. Do not forget, like we've always said, to rate, review, subscribe, and tell them where they can find us, babe. Okay. Da-da-da-da. So we have our Instagram, which is at History for Weirdos. We have our Twitter also at History for Weirdos. Correct. You can email us at... Uh, history for weirdos at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And also we have TikTok, which is at history underscore four underscore weirdos. Yes. And the four and all of those is always F O R. Yeah. Just in case it's never the numeral four. It's mm-hmm. always F O R. And also, um, you can find us on our website, which is just history Please reach out. I mean, you guys are stuck at home also. Exactly. Just say hi, say what's up. We'd love to know who's out there listening to this nonsense that we're creating. And if you have any requests, if you have any ideas, any stories you'd like to share. Exactly. My story last week was actually a fan mm-hmm. subscription. So please Those are reach always out. so much fun. Ab- absolutely. And also it makes our life a little bit easier, you know? Yeah, make our really easy hobby even easier. Yes, it's <laughs> on you guys. <laughs> Thanks, weirdos. All right, adios, weirdos. <laughs>